Hello again, everybody. It's me. It's Steve Simonson. And uh, we're back on the Awesomers podcast together. You and me. We're listening or we're watching and we're learning. We're learning, right? It sounds like a tour guide uh, thing. Uh, I want to just tell you uh, and reframe where we are. We are midway or maybe two-thirds of the way through the Founder Foundations miniseries. That miniseries, as you may recall, I promised you 31 days of uh, insight and almost like a blueprint for how we do our executive training. This is my gift to you. Not only am I telling you kind of the module name for each of the training, but I, I give you this little uh, overview of what that training uh, may consist of on some level and why it exists uh, to give you both context and actionable steps. That's why I'm doing this. Now, I want to just uh, have a heart-to-heart -heart between you and me right now. I've got a little bit of imposter syndrome creeping in as I have put in many, many hours into this project for what I believe is a good cause. The The problem is this, this dang imposter syndrome pops up when I go, uh, who who wants to hear what Steve has to say? Why would anyone listen to Steve? Uh, I do often then I say, well, uh, it doesn't matter. They either listen or they don't. What's the difference? And fair enough, uh, I'm right. I agree with me. But the the imposter syndrome, I remember, uh, if I may, uh, if you'll indulge me, I was in um, a car commuting with some of my fellow colleagues, and they were running a, 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 a local location down in the San Francisco Bay Area. And it was a, a two-man team, and we were commuting to some other location, and they said, you know, we were having all these great conversations about management, about how to train the people and how to bring them up. And this was, you know, uh, many, many years ago. And the elder uh, person, uh, the older of the two gentlemen, at some point is like, geez, Steve, why don't you write a book or something? And to be honest with you, that uh, people have said to me often, uh, Steve, why don't you write a book? Or, you know, why have you write, written a book? And uh, I always... Uh, laugh, and it's usually a polite laugh, uh, not a "how dare you, you jerk" for saying such a nice thing to me. I I laugh because I say, well, first of all, uh, that seems like a lot of work. I see no reason why I should write a book. Like, what's the point of a book? Uh, just for, uh, like I'm not into self congratulatory stuff, really. So having saying I'm a published author is like, eh, fine. Uh, it just doesn't do much for me. I don't see a book being some major financial coup <laughs> either. And I see it being a lot of work. So like all of those things add up to maybe I should throw that on the do not do list. And my whole point of mentioning this is no matter how far I go back, I've had very nice positive reinforcement. And I, when I've done sourcing with Steve trips or I've done masterminds, or even I've just gone and spoke at some third party venue, somebody has invited me to go speak to them. Uh, I've always uh, received nice feedback, and and that's that makes me feel good, and I it makes me feel fulfilled as well. By the way, which is something in life that we all seek. But when I'm doing these types of mini series, where I end up sitting in the studio for you know a couple of days and and producing the content beyond that, obviously took you know years and years of time. Uh, and so being able to kind of present this and put it out there, it's a pretty significant investment of my time. And, and I just say to myself, 
golly, I don't know if anybody will care. So I, I'm I'm starting out this episode by asking you, if you care, uh, to tell me why. You can do it in the comments or you can email uh, service at catalyst88.com and tell, tell me why. Or you can just leave it in a review, um, positive or negative. Honestly, I enjoy joking about begging for five-star reviews. And I'll, I'll take them, just to be clear. That's not even a joke. But if you hate this and you think I'm stupid, it's okay to put in a one-star review. And tell me what you hate. Uh, I will probably look at it. I'll have a, a good cry. Uh, then I'll take an angry nap. And then I will curse whoever left that review and tell myself, I don't care what they think. I'm me and I'm going to stay me. And I'm happy about it. And screw those guys. Right? So that, that's kind of my one-star review process. You guys can write that one down for yourselves. My whole point is as I'm nearing, uh, I think I have 10 more recordings to do roughly uh, to complete this month and to complete my commitment of delivering 31 days of content and value is my gift to you. But as I, as I near the end, I just wonder, does anybody give a crap? And I won't know that answer until some point in the future. So I shall persevere and charge on. But I, I share that with you guys just so you know that good old Steve, um, thinking whatever you will about me, that I struggle with these things just like anybody else. And I wonder, does any of this matter? Does anyone care? And only time will tell, ladies and gentlemen. Only time will tell. Now, I digress. Uh, here we are, deep into this episode. And I haven't even got to the, the subject matter at hand. Today, we're talking about strategic finance systemization. So this is the last in our introductory module about finance. On our next episodes, we're going to get into management systemization. So we've covered the big picture at the top level. We've covered marketing at the top level. We've covered finance now at the top level. This will be the last component of that. And then in our last series of segments, we will get into management systemization. Now, what does strategic finance systemization mean? Ultimately, like marketing, it's the culmination of all the prior components all coming home and now creating some sort of written document, ideally. Now, am, am I going to give you a failing grade if you don't write it down? No, uh, but I will tell you that it will be far less actionable if it's not written and if it's not known to not just where it is for yourself, but for your team. So, you know, having these types of strategy documents, whether it's your marketing strategy or your finance strategy, written down, documented, and well thought through, and then pulled out during board meetings, dare I say, you should have board meetings, or even just um, quarterly management um, sessions, whether they're retreats that everybody goes off to and you're off-site and doing a, like a, a physical retreat or a virtual thing, which are a little harder. The energy is harder uh, in virtual stuff. Uh, but regardless of your format, I want you to keep these documents alive and make sure that they are actually informative and directing uh, to you. Believe it or not, they do have value and all of the work that goes into creating them has value. So to have a uh, financial system, you we must first kind of understand um, how all of this works together. So think of your business as a factory in the middle, right? 
And you put some money into that factory to start it. And you put some money into that, perhaps even ongoing, to grow it. And ideally, on the other side of that factory comes other money out, right? That's the output. And if you think about it, you know, all of that value add that the company is doing is the performance required of the business tool. And you've probably heard me say before that, you know, a business is not a hobby. It's not a job. It is a tool and it's a financial instrument at that. Objectively, you're putting money in and you're producing money out. Between those two, if you want the money to go up, you have to add some value. That's that's the purpose of any business. And so in order to add value, now we have to start thinking about what are the elements that, that add value, right? And, and we're speaking in a financial context here. So we're not trying to get into all the weeds. We're just thinking of from a financial perspective, how do we add the most value? Well, obviously you want to put in the least amount of investment required, right? That that seems like a, it would lead to a positive ROI. And you want to maximize the output. That's a, that's a pretty good start. Uh, one of the ways you do that is you think about how do you um, keep expenses on the low side, right? How, how can you make sure that expenses are controllable? And I have to say, I've kind of referenced this in past episodes, but we are in the salad days of building businesses. The tools available to you, the processes, the ability to hire staff, you know, here and there and everywhere, the um, just just the modern world brings us so many things to to keep fixed costs really, really manageable. And that we should challenge ourselves when we're adding fixed costs to a, a really heavy extent, make sure that those fixed costs really make sense. And they're not just for ego or they're not just for some perception uh, based uh, issue. Um, the other thing is that, you know, as you start thinking about you know, not just minimization of expenses. It's like, how do I maximize revenue and profit? All of those things are part of this financial strategy. And our, our point at the end is to come out with a document that says, you know, we're going to have this business tool, have these inputs, we're going to do these value adds, and then it will have these outputs, which includes, um, let's say, shareholder payments, right? You may have dividends paid to shareholders. Uh, obviously, you're going to have to extinguish any uh, debts or things that you take on during the, the growth cycle. So being able to service any of that uh, financing arrangements that you come to with, whether it's banks or cash advance places for inventory or Amazon giving you Amazon lending, whatever these things are. And there's always kind of like a, a little um, get out of jail free um, fund somewhere, right? You you need to be able to be, be <laughs> I'm tripping over my own tongue here. You need to be able to prepare for lightning bolts, everybody. Those are inevitable. We're all going to have some crazy lightning bolt. Um, it can show up in the form of a lawsuit. Oh, crap. Somebody's suing me. Maybe it's a legit suit. Maybe it's not. Either way, it's going to cost you money. Maybe you had a giant uh, fail in your production. So you had some issue come up, a bunch of defective product, maybe you have to do a recall. This is one of those lightning bolts that you don't want to have. By the way, occasionally, 
on rare occasions, you'll have a positive lightning bolt. Like, hey, this giant customer showed up to buy a bunch of stuff from me. Um, or this tragedy even uh, uh, caused me to have a bunch of new sales, right? Whether it's a pandemic uh, or some other you know, tragic event, sometimes there are beneficiaries of these events. And these aren't things that you can replicate. They're external and outside of your control. But these are still lightning bolts. Most often, lightning bolts tend to uh, be shocking. Ooh, the electricity humor, everybody. So the point is how this system comes together is you evaluating all of the things that are parts of the inputs and then maximizing and optimizing, perhaps, the outputs of the other side of it once it passes through your value-add factory, which is your business. All of this in terms of the expected outputs and therefore mapping backwards to the appropriate inputs should be consistent with the strategic objective that you've made earlier. And this is where some of the financing and some of that strategic aspect comes in. You may look at it and say, well, golly, I really wanted to grow this fast, and I simply don't have the capital to buy enough inventory to sell enough units to make that much revenue for next year. So you you do have some options. You could say, well, I guess uh, game over. I will uh, quit, go home, and uh, have one of those angry naps Steve talked about earlier. Or you could say, I'm this much money short. Where am I going to get it? And treat it like a problem that has a solution. That's what I would encourage you to do is figuring out and, and mapping all this back helps you quantify the nature of these problems. This is the point of a financial system and setting that strategic financing in place, whether it is raising money, it could be an equity raise, it could be you know short-term capital uh, like the Amazon lending types, it could be crowdfunding. There's a whole series of things regarding Reg CF and Reg A plus that are U.S.-based methods of uh, raising capital. There are others in other countries, but those are super friendly and super helpful to entrepreneurs in certain circumstances. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point um, in the future. But like, there's a lot of ways to solve the problem. Heck, what if you just did a pre-sale of you know your next thousand units or ten thousand units? If it's popular enough, if it's hot enough, why not just do a, a crowdfunding presale and get the benefit of that cash flow and, and you know keep that flywheel a turning? As we all know, fundamentally, you know, a business starts with product sold times price sold at, right? That is that's produces your revenue, and then your subtract your operating expenses, and that's your your net. This is obviously the most simplified version. I don't want you to uh, forget that things can be that simple. Clearly, there's many more details. You know, you, you probably are ready to, uh, you know, really give Steve uh, the business when I'm going through all these different accounting systems and cash flow systems and so on and so forth. But keeping it simple at the top level makes it easier to execute in real tactical terms. So paying attention to the business model that I referred to in the past, which is, again, how many units times the price sold with a variable contribution margin, you know, minus whatever fixed expenses are relevant for that time period produces X, right? That factory now 
oh, excuse me, has an output of X. And your objective as the as the leader in whatever position you are, whether you're the chairman of the board, CEO, or you are a finance director or marketing director, you must figure out which part of those variables on the inputs and the outputs you can control and what support you need. For example, you say, you know, well, gosh, the strategic objective has me selling, you know, has us doubling revenue, let's say, but I only have enough inventory to stay level on sales. I'm going to need some inputs of inventory. So now you're talking either with finance or operations or perhaps both, right? Finance to figure out the allocation of capital and resource to get the new inventory purchased and operations to both procure that material, move that material, and then fundamentally uh, fulfill that material to wherever, wherever it is going to go. My, my point is, although this process is simple, the execution is never easy. And there's an old saying that uh, something like um, execution each strategy for launch every day, right? And I I'm a huge believer in strategy. I want you to set a direction that that you have high intention of achieving, but I am not uh, ignorant of the fact that it's execution every time. Uh, I remember in, I don't know, 2010 to 2012, well, actually during 2012, especially during retirement version 1.0, everybody, that's a little callback to a prior episode. I remember that people would come up to me and they'd say, Steve, uh, Will you tell us how you built this company really big, really fast? And, you know, because we sure would like to do that too. And so I would tell them exactly ABCD, you know, here's steps one through 10 or, you know, one through 100, however long they wanted to listen, I would tell them without uh, reservation, without pulling secrets, without anything. And they would go, sometimes cases, by the way, they may have been former competitors or what have you. And they would say, Steve, gosh, you're you're pretty forthcoming. Uh, we're kind of surprised that you'll just tell us all this. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll tell anybody. Anybody who wants to listen, I'll tell them. Because the knowledge of how it's done and the steps that are required to do it is nothing compared to the execution. I will tell this to you or I will tell this to 10 other people or a thousand other people. But the percentage of those that will actually do it and execute on it is tiny. That's what separates awesomers from normies, right? And this is part of part of the objective of telling you guys this. You don't have to do any of it, but the the difference in in making management and the training of your team a priority, you have to displace something else that you're currently doing. You know, dollars to donuts. That's a fact, because you're already we already are filling all the space that we can in our schedules. Instead of structuring that time and instead of being thoughtful about what we want in the future, therefore, what investments do we need to make in time right now? We get distracted and we say, I'm just too busy. I just need to keep my head down. I just need to work harder. I need to work longer, blah, blah, blah. And I would just tell you, nope, you don't. You need to reset that standard of what you're focusing on. You need to give yourself the appropriate time. You need to hire team members that can help you. They need to both exhibit competency, which is part of it, but also extraordinary high 
affinity and appreciation and alignment with your values. Without question, that is essential. You have no choice in that. That must happen if you intend to scale. For everybody out there who's like, hey, I'm a you know, digital nomad. I uh, only need $472 a month to exist. Uh, you can ignore all of this episode and uh, jump into the angry nap segment one more time. Or maybe it's a happy nap since you have such a great life. All right. Final points about you know, um, again, galvanizing this this financial system. I want you to really make sure you have your business unit, or excuse me, your business model. And by the way, to the extent that you have more than one business, it should be broken down by business units. I want you to make sure you understand the products that are driving each, um, you know, line on your your business model. I want you to be thoughtful and realistic about margin and the true contribution what's reasonable, especially in a competitive world. And this should start to bring clarity on products you should or should not continue with. And listen, they can't all be winners, everybody. The 80-20 rule will always apply. Pareto's law will always apply. You're trying a certain number of things, but 20% are going to produce 80% of your throughput and of your wins. And that's that's just the way things go. So you have to you have to recognize that and cut the losers. So at the end of this process, you're going to get to your financial strategies kind of summary. And you're going to think about what your short-term requirements are in terms of investment and and then also how will that evolve long-term, right? Maybe today you can fund it out of your pocket, but in the future, if you're really going to grow to that level, you're going to have to get some external funding in the amount of X. And here's some ideas of where that may come from. And here's the approximate time that may manifest itself, right? We're going to, you know, be triple or quadruple, We, you know, three years from now, we're going to have to find some outside capital. So maybe you'd start thinking, well, I'm going to start raising money a year before I need that money. And I'm going to really get my story down. I'm going to have my financials down pat. Like all of this stuff is about thinking ahead and preventing and preparing, uh, preventing problems, preparing for future needs. And then, of course, you want to think about, you know, how here's how I'm going to grow revenues, right? I can't just say I want to triple, quadruple, or 10x my business. I have to think about how am I going to do that? And so all of that work you've done previously in this mini-series about expanding geographically, expanding product-wise, uh, additional marketplaces, customers, etc., whatever the method is, you have to have a rational way of expanding and achieving that goal. You also have to have some reasonable way that you're going to expand your people and your workforce and to be able to pay them and maintain them. All of these things are inputs and outputs, just like I said at the beginning. And your value-add factory is the business in the middle. Um, there are many other aspects of this that I'm not, again, going to get uh, all the way down into the weeds, but I want you to think about taxes and how to manage those things. There are lots of ways you can manage taxes. Uh, if you guys are not familiar with the Peter Thiel, uh, Peter Thiel, Peter Thiel, I'm not sure you pronounce it, but his method of, you know, buying cheap founder stock and putting it in your uh, retirement plan for the U.S. So Roth IRA has, you know, it's kind of tax free and under many conditions, you're able to contribute to your Roth IRA to a certain level. 
Uh, if you are starting a company and you put founder shares in there and you end up making that company big and ultimately selling that company, that money can stay in that Roth tax-free. Uh, and you know, a lot of people don't know that particular strategy. There are other uh, tax management strategies, many others that I cannot get into, but I want you to think about that as part of this strategic financial uh, systemization. And then think about any potential vulnerabilities you may have to avoid lightning bolts. That's obviously relevant. And then fundamentally, you know, this kind of goes back to your personal why and strategic objective uh, interlacing with one another. Is all of the result of this serving your personal why and accomplishing your strategic objective? That's fundamentally always where you're going to find the right answers. Uh, anyway, I, I appreciate everybody. Thank you, one and all. Um, go ahead, click, subscribe, comment, do all the things. And I'm sorry we went a little bit longer today. And uh, uh, if you got this far, thank you for indulging my rant or two. And uh, again, once again, I hope this is valuable to you. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.